Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boostbytaxday to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. This episode is brought to you by Battleborn Batteries, the best name in the RV and marine industry. These lithium batteries are designed and assembled in the USA, backed by a 10-year warranty. The best solution for your battery anxiety. So go check them out at BattlebornBatteries.com. Whether your adventure is on the road, on the water, or off the grid, Battleborn Batteries keep you out there longer. You are listening to Beyond the Wheel, a podcast about the people and ideas that drive the RV community forward. Hi, everyone. We have a great show for you today. Are you adventurous, enjoy hiking, biking, and being in the great outdoors? Then you will want to listen to today's episode with Yanku, the CEO of Survivewear. Yanku and his wife, Amanda, have created a line of first aid kits designed for the outdoor enthusiast. These kits are made to be easy to carry, whether that be on you, on your bike, or vehicle. They are also made to be very user-friendly with zippers that won't let you down and easy-to-read interior layout, so you know exactly what to grab when you need it. They have even created the world's first durable soft pouch first aid kit that is waterproof. Yanku chats with us of how he and Amanda created the company, how they design and test the products, and how they stand out from some of the major players in the first aid line like Johnson & Johnson. Okay, so that's enough of me chatting. Let's get to Yanku and get this episode started. Hi, Yanku. Welcome to the show. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your role at Survivewear? Sure. So um, I'm from South Africa originally. I, I, I grew up there. You know, growing up, uh, South Africa has got a big outdoor community. Um, growing up, enjoying hunting, fishing, uh, camping. My parents, you know, self-efficiency were pretty uh, instilled in us. You know, my parents would just trust us when we were 14 year old boys to uh, they dropped us off at the bush felt and, and left us there for a week by ourselves. And that's sort of how we were introduced to the outdoors. After school, I, I studied to be an accountant. I did that for four years. And after that, I decided, listen, the numbers are a bit, uh, you know, a bit dull. You know, I want to, I want to do something. I want to do something a bit more. So I went to go work on a, on a yacht in the South of France. That was really nice. Um, you know, and, and that's where we, were introduced to first aid, CPR, and um, firefighting and things like that. Because when guests come on, the, uh, come on board and uh, there's kids around and you take care of them, you need to know these things so that you're prepared you know, if anything happens to them. And while, while in France, I, I met my now wife. She was teaching English over there. And you know, we went away on weekends and did a lot of backpacking trips in, um, around Europe. But we also went to Asia and Africa. Yeah, and so... That's, I want to say, four years ago, we decided, okay, where do we want to live? We want to plan some routes. So we came to the U.S. Yeah, that's when we actually started the company. So, you know, I'm the, I'm the CEO of the company and co-founder. Coming from an accounting background, involves with bookkeeping, um, finance, you know, and, and then from there, that's what came naturally to me. And, but then also design, uh, sourcing, 
making sure we have enough inventory, making sure we have enough money to buy this inventory, marketing, uh, social media, website design. So I've got my hands in everything. <laughs> but then obviously, uh, I can't do everything. So we've obviously, we have got some great people in the team. And, you know, I'm just making sure that they do a great job and that the machine keeps on rolling forward. So was it just the two of you that started then? Or did you bring in a group right away? No, no, no. It was just my wife and I that started. Okay. And how long was it just the two of you before you started adding staff? It was two years. Okay. And then we started gradually getting someone to help with this task and this task uh, um, and then uh, hiring them permanently. It's been, a, it's been a gradual growth for us. Awesome. And you started the company in what year? That was the beginning of 2016. We started with designs in 2015, but 2015, you know, the company was registered 2016. And you and your wife did all the design of the kit. Correct. Oh, okay. Has it changed much throughout the years? You know, we take out some supplies here and there that isn't working, that people aren't responding well to. Um, if we see something that, that people don't really like, we take it out and we change it. But for the most part, our small first aid kit, which is still, you know, our best-selling product, which is the one we originally created, you know, it's still basically the same, the same product. And that's what I have. I have the small first aid kit. When we found out that you guys were coming on the show, I wanted to purchase one. It was time that Sabrina and I purchased a new first aid kit. Anyway, ours is kind of old and junky. So the first things that stand out to me when I purchased it is how clear everything is labeled. And the second thing is that the material of the bag itself, the soft shell bag is really tough. The zippers are tough and the quality of the materials that you're putting in here. So my wife is a physician and she was impressed with the shears, that they are quality enough to cut through cloth. And she does not call these tweezers. I call them tweezers, but she said that this is more of a, a hospital grade she calls it something else. I wish I could remember the name. Or sips? Maybe. I don't know. She called them something else. But these are not like tweezers that you would pick up at, say, like a Walmart or Target. They're like a high quality. They got weight to them. I, I describe them as something that you could use to like maybe pull shrapnel out of somebody. Like yeah. they're really nice. <laughs> but they're the things that, I, that really stand out to me in the bag. So when you guys were designing the bag... What made you say, oh, we got to make things clear, easy to read type, like how everything's labeled and, and visually appealing and make it easy to find things? I think, I think when we started, like I've got a bit of OCD, so things need to be nice and organized for me. And we sort okay. of fit on that. You know, when, I, when we started, we're like, okay, let's, let's look at first aid kits. Let's say a kit that's less than 50 bucks. What is out there? And most of the first aid kits out there, you've got a bag. It's, they've got a lot of stuff in there. They try to stuff them as full as possible with different band-aids and a few alcohol wipes and they put them all together. And when you open it up, it's sort of a jumble and a mess to get what you need. Like if you, if you think about a toolbox, like we all have a toolbox and there's a lot of stuff in there, but you have time to take out your hammer and the different wrenches and find what you need. But a first aid kit, you need to find what you, what you need immediately and take action. We, we said, okay, well, let's, let's make something organized Let's do something. Let's see if we can make something, the small first aid kit, that's affordable, but that's also really organized. So that's how we, how we got to that. And then the quality of the, like the scissors and the forceps, did you have to search? I mean, how many different scissors did you have to evaluate before you picked those ones that you put in? Many. Um, I mean, we would go to 20 different suppliers and say, okay, well, send 
send us send us what you have and then we'll test them you know we'll test and we'll won't just ask for one sample we go okay we'll send us five we want to see if it's across the board is it a is it, is it a quality item so that's how we got it and then we sourced from from great suppliers and and that's how we were able to to find good people and and put it into into a good kit so all of your components are not all necessarily coming from the same vendor correct okay mm. that's a good idea too where you said that you asked for more than one i guess to see the consistency of the quality to make sure that it wasn't that they were sending you the best one out of the day yeah that's exactly <laughs> it uh, you know because when you that's exactly what they would do they will make sure that they send you the nice one you want to see five of them and say okay well you know at five i can at least say okay well i've tested five you know we also have contracts in place okay well if it if it isn't the five that i saw then you know there might be a problem here or there and luckily you know we haven't had that issue okay and so you have let's talk a little bit about the different kits that you have available you have the survive wear branded kind of first aid kits and then you have another one that's more robust or heavy duty maybe so that's the survival kit right yes so I think um, the survival kit is we wanted to incorporate what we already do, which is hygiene and first aid. And we said, like, how can we make a kit that has that, but also survival items? So what we did is we took the first aid items that's in the small first aid kit. We took our biodegradable wet wipes and we got some premium quality uh, survival items and put them into the same pack. And there are no survival kits out there that has that also has labeled compartments and organized. So we said, okay, well, let's, let's, we stick with organization and we bring it all together in one pack. So that's, that's, that'll be the difference between the survival kit and the, and the small first aid kit or large first aid kit. Uh, they are predominantly first aid items while, you know, the survival kit's got the hygiene and the survival items in it as well. Oh, okay. okay. So after purchasing the small first aid kit, I looked at it and I said, oh, this is something that we should have had in our RV a long time ago. It's so much nicer than the, the one that we had from Walmart or Target. I'm not even, it's a despicable me <laughs> first aid kit. That's how kiddish our first aid kit is. <laughs> but after having this one, I'm like, oh, we should have had this a long time. And now after having it, I'm like, this is something that should probably be in every RV. Is that your market? Who do you guys market your first aid kits to? Since we are campers and backpackers, we, we market to people that enjoy the outdoors. And that includes people with RVs. We've got a lot of uh, people that own RVs and uh, hikers, backpackers, campers. That's our core audience. You know, the market is, is so big out there going up against big boys like uh, Johnson & Johnson. You know, we, we want to take care of the people that are, that are like us. And when they talk to us, they see, okay, yeah, these people have also been around. They, they also like to travel. And, and so that's predominantly who we who we target and who we focus on. And then did something, my, my follow-up question to that is, did something happen to either you or Amanda that made you feel like you needed a good first aid kit? Did you guys have some type of emergency situation? I think there's two parts. First, you know, we both worked on the boats and we needed to help like very high profile people if they get hurt, we needed to be able to be, to be prepared for that. And secondly, I'm, I'm extremely clumsy. You know, I, I, I grew up uh, playing rugby and a lot of sports and I'm, I'm used to blood and getting injured. But uh, Amanda and I were in Vietnam. We rented a, a scooter 
and we decided, okay, well, let's take this thing up to the mountains and, and travel a bit. So we had a huge backpack on the back and we had, we had two people on the scooter and uh, we would take chat, we would take oh. turns. Like I would be, I would be driving and Amanda would be driving and she'd be, uh, I'd be holding onto her and she onto me. And uh, we had a little bit of an accident and the, the scooter fell over the exhaust kind of burned her pretty bad. Uh, you know, I, I threw over the, the scooter and everything, but I was like, you know, we're here in the middle of nowhere. We don't speak the language. We're up in the mountains. You know, we needed to be prepared better for this. So I think just on our travels, we learned like it, you need to be prepared. Like I don't think first aid and a first aid kit is the sexiest product out there. You know, until you need it, you're like, okay, well, I needed this. And then it's a bit too late. So that's how we kind of got there. I wanted to go back a little bit to the the case that it's in the material that you're that you're making the case out of is pretty rugged and strong did that take a long time for you to to find that was required or was that something you designed deliberately for it to be that sturdy yeah it's the 600d polyester and it's got ripstop material so you know we looked at various cases and backpacks and um I think that's the only thing that made sense, especially in the outdoors. It's not indestructible. It might get a tear in, but you need that ripstop material to stop, to make it stop. You know, and our zips too, uh, you know, it's not a backpack that you need to open it a thousand times. You might open it every once in a while when you need a Band-Aid. But uh, I wanted to make sure that we get the best products uh, and the best supply. So our zips, you can open and close them a thousand times and it um, and it's certified for that. So. Yeah, you know, we, we, we designed it from the start for the outdoor market and, and you need something a bit more rugged for that. So I got the small kit here. It is designed to be able to go through a belt loop, it mm -hmm. looks like. And then you also have Velcro if you wanted to maybe Velcro it to a bike. Was that in the very first edition or was that from customer feedback? That was always in the first edition. Oh, wow. So I said like, we need to make preparedness easy. We need, to, first of all, our kids do the thinking for you. And second, you know, we need to make preparedness easy. And that means that the first aid kit should be able, you should be able to carry it with you everywhere. So from the first, all of our kits have a system where you can mount it either to a bike, you can uh, carry it the, for the smaller ones, you can carry it on your belt. And um, in the larger ones, you can strap it to a headrest or something because you need to be able to take it with you anywhere. You know, if you think about a backpack, you've got it already full with all of your stuff. So if you've got a hard case, a first aid kit, or a kit that you can't carry on the outside of your backpack on the Molly system, it takes up a lot of space. So it's, it's great that you can uh, you know, strap it onto your backpack and, and, and utilize the extra space that, that you wouldn't have if you had to carry it on the inside. If somebody gets the kit, do you recommend any type of first aid training for them? Or do you guys provide any sort of instructional use for each of the materials on your website? When, when someone buys on our website, we automatically send them a first aid guide. On the inside of the kit, there's also a first aid booklet. But, you know, that's really rudimentary. That's sort of just a refresher once you're in the moment and, and you're sort of, you've struck a blank. Uh, we recommend everybody to get first aid training, CPR training. You can only learn so much from a guide in a book. You know, when, when, when it happens, you need to be able to take action. So definitely, we recommend everybody to get first aid training. Doesn't matter what field you are. That's always a good thing to have. Yeah, I agree. I, I was in the Army for four years, and then I switched over to the Air Force, and I was always in the medical field. And 
when you're in the army, first aid training is just kind of something that everybody goes through and, and learns. And it really does come in handy in everyday life. Mm-hmm. You know, especially if you're out uh, hiking or mountain biking and you have kids maybe or some, you figure it out. Yeah, I mean, think about thing, uh, something like CPR. Uh, you know, it's, I don't think it's something that just comes naturally to you. Even if you read a, a document, it's not, you need to actually work on that on the dummy and actually feel it beneath your hands and see, okay, well, you know, this is, might not be a real life situation, but at least you've gone through the motions and you've actually felt and you've, you know what, what the rhythm of it is and how fast you need to do it. So uh, we, we, you know, I, I totally agree. It's that muscle memory that kicks in. And then if somebody does, if somebody has your kit and they use up some of the supplies, let's say they had an emergency when they were out hiking, they used up some of the supplies, how do they get resupplies for the components that they've used? So at the moment, uh, you know, people can go to a local pharmacy and get uh, supplies. You know, we are working because we're getting, getting a lot of people that ask the same question, how do I, how do I get new supplies? So we are creating a, a product, which is a refill bag for, it contains everything that the large, the small, the survival kit in terms of first aid uh, supplies has, you know, we'll, we'll have that in, on the market in two months. So if anyone listens to this in two months from now, the answer will be yes, but at the moment, no. Okay. okay. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I'm glad yeah, you, yeah. you listened to the customers and, and are putting that together. Yeah, absolutely. You, you had mentioned uh, competing, maybe not competing, but you had mentioned Johnson Johnson. How difficult is it to kind of break into a market where companies like that do exist that have been making the hard shell cases mm-hmm. and things like that? Is it, is it very, is it challenging? I would imagine, I guess it is. I, th- I think it is. I mean, you know, these guys have got very deep pockets and I think that's why from the start we decided we're not going to compete with that and we can't. Um, so why don't we, why don't we go after people that are like us that have the same interests and let's do something that Johnson and Johnson isn't doing. They, they make a kit that's for the general uh, public. That's for everybody. And it, they're on the less, uh, the, the, you know, on the cheaper end. Um, so why don't we create something that people really need that isn't out there, which is the organized kit. And I think that certainly made it easier to enter the market and, and get our name out there. And, and, and certainly we're still trying to break into the market more and more. But yeah, I think just speaking to a, a core group of people um, that we really care about and, and they realize that we care about them by, by answering to their needs, I think that is key. And the, uh, the product, is it only available on your website? At the moment, we sell on Amazon and on our own website. Okay. And uh, you know, we've got plans to move into places like REI. And once people are a bit happier to go into retail stores again that's definitely something that we're gonna that we're gonna go after yeah the online shopping has definitely become way more popular in the last two months yeah Yeah, for sure i think you know we've been happy with that i feel kind of kind of tough for the guys that are in their retail stores and and people don't really they don't really want to go in there at the moment but it is it is going to bounce back and then that's definitely um something that we're going to pursue and then uh, do you sell international? Do you ship international or is it uh, strictly a U.S. or North American market? We're in Canada and the U.S., also the U.K., and then also now recently in South Africa. We don't sell, really it's good. kind of difficult to, to sell a medical kit 
and to get it through customs and things internationally. So we kind of stay away from that. But slowly but surely, we're getting our fingers into um, other countries. But at the moment, you know, we like to stick with English-speaking countries just because the, the kits are already labeled in, in English. So yeah, that, that, those are the current places where we're at. Yeah, I was going to ask you, if you were international, how hard it was to do that with a first aid kit. And it sounds like it was not, not as easy as just uh, shipping to that country. Yeah, I mean, if, if we were selling spoons, I think it would be easier to get it across the border. But they're like, okay, well, what do you have in here? Are there drugs in here? Like, what sort of medicine do you have in here? And it's sort of a nightmare um, and it becomes really expensive. I tell the people, yeah, I'll, I'll ship to you. But when we get someone from Germany that contacts us, for instance, like, yeah, but it's, it's just going to be a little bit more expensive because, um, you know, just getting things over there is a bit, is a bit more difficult. So in the four countries that you're in right now, are the kits the same? All the, con- you know, everything that's in the kit is the same then? Everything is the same, yes. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. And I what are you... Sh- oh, go ahead, Kenny. I was just going to say, I wasn't sure if anything needed to be changed as far as federation rules or laws or I don't know, any, who knows? That's, you know, just any strange things. At the moment, they're the same. Uh, you know, once we start getting feedback and people that say, for instance, in the UK, Kits are normally green. A first aid kit there is normally green instead of red. Oh, um, oh. But we still go with the, with the red one and people seem pretty happy with it. But that might be something in the, in the future that we need to change because they're not, red is not their color for first aid. So it's kind of strange to see the different countries and, and the things that they have. Okay. Oh, I'm glad I'm use, I used the word strange because that's to me, is something not strange, obviously. It's just different. But but uh, yeah, I didn't realize that. Sean might have known that because he's more international than I am. No, I, I had no idea. Okay. No idea at all. We're always learning on this podcast, Sean. <laughs> now, what are your favorite parts of the kit? Um, my favorite parts are the fact that I can carry it with me. I, I love cycling, so I carry one of these always with me um, on the back, and I don't see people that have them too often, so it's nice to know that if someone gets hurt, I'll be able to help them, and if I get hurt, I can help myself. And, and the fact that they are organized is, is extremely important to me. Even if you're not an organized person, if, if someone gives you something that you can that is already organized, then you would you would keep it organized because it's already there for you. So that's definitely the, the two things that I, that I like about the kits. Yeah, I like the organization piece too. Our first aid kit that we have now is just in a plastic container and it's all jumbled up. So organization would definitely be helpful, especially in a time when you need first aid, right? That's got to be the most important time when you need organization because you need to be able to get to stuff quickly. And I'd like to add to that too, the organization, not only for yourself, say you, you, you and I had the same kit, Sean, where it sounds very similar with the plastic and it's just stuff thrown in. You might have a system, but if you're out and about and you need help and a stranger comes along to help you, they don't know your system. With this being so organized and clearly labeled, anybody can pick up this first aid kit and be able to apply help to you, which I think is kind of somewhat important. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. I, I totally agree with that. It, you know, sometimes that's why it's red. People need to see it. So maybe you're in your car and something happened and they would be able to see it because it's the bright red color. So, and then they can, they can help you with the kit that, that you have. So yeah, that's a very good point. How did you guys come up with the name survive where? I thought, well, I was kind of stuck on the name. I was like, well, you know, why don't we be the Tupperware of the survivor? Is it, uh. of the survivor? I thought like, 
you know, maybe I should steal a bit there and, we, you know, we could have like a global name for our survival items. And that's, that's how we got there. Okay, uh, very cool. That's yeah. clever. Yeah. Yeah, very, very. <laughs> Do you guys go to any trade shows across the U.S.? We haven't been to any trade shows yet, no. Okay. So all your marketing so far for your product has been how? We try to partner with people on blogs, YouTube, podcasts, um, and, and we try to go after people that are that are that have a really good voice that irrespective of the size of the audience, I think if you've got a few people that really listen to you and you've got an authentic message, um, then those people listen to you. And if and if we feel that that brand and that channel, for instance, is the same as what we have, then, uh, you know, then we definitely try to work with them. Another thing is that word of mouth will never go out of style. So mm. when you contact us, we're a very personal brand. If you call our number on our website, you're going to speak directly to me. And I think, you know, just me being able to help someone very quickly take a decision. Okay, here's a problem. Let's fix this immediately. And the customer sees, okay, well, I, I spoke to one of the co-founders here. I think that's important. And, and then they tell their friends. So one, we work with people that have a clear message and are authentic. And second, uh, word of mouth. I think really helps us. Have you noticed one marketing tool working better than another one? Does, does Facebook seem to outperform, say, Instagram or anything like that? I think YouTube uh, is doing pretty well for us. Oh. We're struggling a bit on Facebook. And then of course, like the sponsored ads on Amazon, it's really, it works really well because, you know, when, when someone searched for a backpacking first aid kit and you, you throw an ad on there, you know, th that person wants to buy it. It's a little bit different than Google where someone might be looking for first aid kit and that's just the, thought of, the, the start of their search. They might be looking for uh, how to make one themselves. It's, it's on Amazon, it's a very clear intent, I think. Roughly four years in to having the product, is it going, to expect, going as expected? Are you, um, are, what, what were the most challenging parts that you saw in it? Can you just kind of recap the four years as far as your perspective as a, as a business owner and founder? I think the big thing was capital in the beginning. You know, we just took all of our savings and we put it in, um, you know, have, having traveled all over the world, when you go to a bank and ask for money, they're like, well, what have you done? You, you've been all over the world. <laughs> the credibility isn't quite there. So, you know, we had to do everything out of our own pocket. Just the, the whole nature of it is, is it's capital number one and two, keeping inventory in. Because it's not like a product, like a Halloween product where you go, okay, well, at Halloween, I'm going to sell this because it's Halloween this is a little bit different because if there's an earthquake somewhere, all of a sudden there's a giant spike and then you, uh, and all of a sudden people want to be prepared or, uh, you know, something happens, you know, something bad happens. There's a, there's a sh some, someone, you know, there's a school shooter, we shot shooting these bad things that happen and, and there's these spikes. So it's just keeping, trying to uh, have enough capital to, to be able to um, work with these spikes that we see. I think those are the, the two uh, most difficult things that we still face today and for the last four years. Yeah, I think we've heard that before with other startup companies that the hardest part of, of starting a new company is capital, making sure you have enough capital yeah, uh, to, to actually put out, a, put out the product. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think that that'll always be a bit of a problem. And especially like I try to stay away from debt so that we do it by ourselves and, and we grow gradually and we do it our way. And 
you know, we might not grow as fast as other companies can if, if they deployed some cool strategies to get capital. But I think we're doing it the right way and we don't owe anyone anything. So, you know, um, I think that's very smart. Yeah, yeah. Kenny and I really believe in, in that as well. So yep. we always like to see companies that are bootstrapping, so to say, instead of getting in a huge amount of debt. Yeah, uh, I think that's the smart way to go. I don't think it's the most fun way to go, but I think it's the smart way to go. <laughs> yeah, well, I think if you've got some skin in the game, you're not going to, you mm-hmm. know, customers are your everything and you're going to try to take care of them. While if you're working with someone else's money, if you lose it, well, okay, well, maybe I'll just file for bankruptcy. We don't, we're not yeah. in that position. Like we're full steam and we have to care with everything that we have. Yeah, I think that's great. So all the sales are online. If somebody were to purchase the item, they don't like it. Is it easy for them to return? Do you have a 30 day money back or anything like that? Absolutely. Anyone that doesn't like what, what we offer, just call me. I'll give you a full refund and send back the product. No hassles there. Okay, great. Just curious, you, you, you and Amanda both seemed like you were travel junkies kind of before you started this company. Have you had the opportunity to get out and travel since you've been doing this or has it pretty much ended your your travel for the last few years? For the last few years, we've certainly traveled a bit less. You know, we've tried to go around the States and, and go away for weekends. But I, I think, you know, our traveling has stopped a little bit. We don't get to travel as much as we do, but we still go overseas every once in a while. I go back to South Africa, uh, you know, a month, a year and, and visit family there. So we're still traveling, but not nearly as much as we would like. And right and- now, nobody's traveling. <laughs> uh, yeah no one no one everyone is is it's locked in their houses and you know, looking outside the windows and man like people appreciate things a lot more that that they took for granted two or three months ago oh yeah. yeah definitely and when things do open back up as now things are opening back up i would imagine that you guys see a spike in sales we just heard from koa anyway that the people are more interested in the outdoors and camping now more than ever before because everybody's been locked up, people are really antsy to get out there again. They're super antsy. And, you know, I go up our neighborhood and no one, there would be a few people that walk, walk their dogs every once in a while. And then they said, okay, well, everyone should stay at home, but people don't really listen. I see peop- so many people walking outside now because they're like, I'm, I'm sick of the TV. I'm, I, I just yeah. want to be outside. So, and I think a lot of people are going to be introduced to the outdoors that haven't done it before. So I, I kind of agree. I think, you know, people are going to enjoy the, the outdoors a lot more in the next few months um, in, in this summer. I, I totally agree with that. Yeah, we went, uh, I'm here in uh, Northern Virginia, and we went to Shenandoah Park, uh, Shenandoah National Park, the first day it was open. And we went later in the afternoon, it was about 3.30, and it took us probably 40 minutes waiting in line just to get into the park. People are definitely going to, I think the outdoors are going to definitely be more a part of people's entertainment now that this pandemic has happened. Yeah, I I totally agree. You know, even before the parks opened around here, we went to a park, we just drove past. It was clearly closed, but there were so many cars outside, like people just still go through. They refuse to uh, abide by the rules because they really <laughs> just want to be outside. So yeah, yeah, I totally agree. And f- first aid's an important part of being outside. I think. Yeah, so. definitely. Yeah, definitely. I'm curious. Have you guys approached any companies saying, you know, would they like to have 
one of your first aid kits in say a travel trailer when the customer purchases it it comes with almost like almost kind of like marketing but not really but i mean it, it'd be a nice little bonus if someone purchased a travel trailer it came with your first aid kit or an rv or maybe a jeep wrangler you know something like that has that ever been talked about or have you tried uh i haven't tried that but that's a great idea you know maybe going to dealerships and saying hey um because our large first aid kit, for instance you can just the, the Velcro material on the back goes into the, the the material that's in the back of the car. You can just strap it on vertically oh. with the Velcro. So you know, oh. that really makes sense. And, you know, the smaller kit in a trailer or in an RV, that really makes sense. So um, I haven't explored that yet, but that is an amazing, uh, great idea. Oh, okay. Look at me, Sean. Yeah, I got a good idea. You. Every once in a while, I have a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> but it would be something for the company as well to say, hey, you know, if you buy one of our RVs, we are, you know, included with our RV is the Survive Wear first aid kit. You know, it's something for them to tote as a uh, as a plus. Yeah, now that you say it, it sounds like something that should be very obvious. Should have been very obvious to me a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> On the website, I noticed that there is an FDA approval for the kit. Is that for the entire kit or certain pieces of material because it is first aid that it has to be approved by the FDA? So the FDA regulates any medical device that's imported into the country or that's made here. And uh, the first aid kit is considered a, a medical item so or a medical device. So the entire kit is FDA approved. The, the supplies inside, if it's first aid items, it's, it's FDA approved. Our survival kit, we've got the hygiene items and the survival items. Those are not FDA approved, but all the items inside in terms of first aid is still FDA approved. I, I want to go back to the, the wipes just for a second. Um, were those out before the first aid kit? No, they came later. I've heard about the wipes for a couple of years now. So they've been out for a couple of years. They've been, they've been out for a couple of years. Um, I think we were, we were one of the first people that said, okay, well, if you're out camping, um, if you think about normal wet wipes, baby wipes, they're made of plastics and they can take about 100 years to degrade Yeah, mm. if they're left outside in nature. We have biodegradable wet wipes. They're made from viscose materials. So in six months to a year, if you were to bury this after going doing a number two in the woods on the trails, it'll completely degrade. So, you know, we've done the testing for them. I've done it at a, at a laboratory i've personally done the testing in my backyard with little flags that i planned the different stages of the development and you know after six months you just can't find them anymore they're gone so um, i think that was important for us to say okay well if someone goes like how can we can we get a product that um, that would help people instead of them using baby wipes can we use biodegradable wet wipes and i think that by itself is a sign that you guys really care about the outdoors and and you're doing this because you care about the outdoors whereas some of the bigger companies that are making these wipes are not as in touch with the outdoors so they're not concerned about the environmental effects so i think that's a, a really a key thing for people that are looking for first aid kits for because they love being outdoors and, and want to have that protection that should be something that they look at is how environmentally friendly is the company that's making this product. And, and just that having those biodegradable wipes, I think is a huge sign that you guys are doing it for more than just the dollar. 
Thanks for saying that. I appreciate it. Yeah, I think that's huge. And and uh, Kenny and I, you know, we associate ourselves with companies that um, I'll just use Battleborn Batteries for an example. They're a major sponsor on our on our podcast. And same thing, they are developing these batteries not for the dollar, but because they want to uh, save the environment. And, and it's little things like that that I think outdoor enthusiasts need to really pay attention to when they're shopping for uh, uh, products to use is how, how much skin in the game does the company really have? Yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah, I listened yeah. to the interview that you guys had with, with the uh, CEO of, of Battleborn. And yeah, I can tell that, you know, they really, they really care and they, they put the product in their hands and they work really hard to... Uh, to make sure that they give the best to their customers. I think that's, that's really important. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're good people over there. I have another question about your first aid kit. You had mentioned that you, you put it on your bike and you take it out. So it's really made for outdoors. Is it water? Is the small kit water resistant? It's, it's water or? resistant. Um, so it's not waterproof. I would not submerge that because your internal supplies will get, will get damaged. But, you know, we said, okay, well, it's, it's water resistant, but if it does get submerged and um, we've got little uh, laminate baggies on the inside, everything is kept in, a, in, a, in its own laminate baggie so that the water will come in, but the supplies will still be safe. Um, but then we decided, okay, well, how do we take this? How do we make a truly waterproof first aid kit? Not a, not a box first aid kit. How do we make a truly soft shell waterproof first aid kit that still has labeled compartments? And that took a year of designing and trying to get this ready. So we created our waterproof first aid kit, which we started selling in the beginning of the year. And it's IPX7 certified. So you can uh, submerge it for 30 minutes underwater at a one meter depth. And, and what we did is we used a new material and we had welded seams around it. And on the inside, you know, the inside is still labeled compartment. So how do you get the stitching in there without compromising the waterproof. So that was a really difficult challenge that we had to, to overcome. And we, and we finally did it. So yeah, so we do have a fully 100% waterproof first aid kit and that's for boaters and people that enjoy kayaking yeah. uh, and it's very buoyant. So yeah, um, so the, the other kits that are made from polyester are water resistant, but we do have the one made from tarpaulin that's 100% waterproof. I, the first thing that comes to my mind is the, the white water rafting. I would imagine that's where that would really come in handy to have a system like that, a first aid kit that's able to withstand, withstand that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the guys, I don't think they would be in any sort of water for longer than deeper than one meter. I mean, it, you shouldn't go diving with it. Right. But, <laughs> but, you know, if you're submerged for a short while, you know, everything is going to be good. And it's still a, a soft shell kit, which means you can still put it in your backpack and squish it together. Unlike a, unlike a box first aid kit, and you can still strap it to the outside of your of your backpack if you go through torrential range potentially, and um, you know everything on the inside is going to be safe. Was that something that you were hearing from your customers, or is it something that you guys wanted to make? I it's a combination of both. People would say, "Why isn't it waterproof?" And I'm like, "Well, okay, um, it's just water resistant." But let me let me think about it. And so we really we really worked hard about it. I said, "There's nothing." else like this in the world nothing else like it we we designed this ourselves this is this is this is unique to our brand and i thought if we could really crack this you know i think we could really add something good to the world something that isn't there before that ha that hasn't been made before and and 
So maybe a bit of pride that comes in there. Maybe we can do it first. And also a little bit of customer feedback. Listen, we need a, a waterproof first aid kit as well. A lot of people, me included, didn't realize the design to make something like that waterproof was so complicated. Yeah, you'd think it'd be easier, but I would get one, we'd make it, I'd submerge it, and the bubbles will come through, and I'm like, oh, no, this didn't work. And then go back to the drawing board, like, what did we do wrong here? Why isn't the zipper working as it's supposed to be working? And then the most difficult part was just getting the label compartment sleeves on the inside, but not using you know, thread and needle, because then you'd yeah. compromise it. So that was kind of kind of tricky. Um, but yeah, it, it took longer than maybe it should have, but we got there in the end. Yeah, no, that's but, awesome. You know, what's good to hear too, though, is that you are still heavily involved in the development. It's not like you're passing this on to, to somebody else to figure it out. That's pretty cool. That's what I enjoy the most. If I was just doing accounting the whole day, that's something that I want to pass on to somebody. Like the design and the making of the product is the fun part. You know, that's what I want to do all day long. But I think that is all of our questions. Uh, is there anything that you wanted to add or anything that you think that Sean or I might have missed? I don't, I think you guys, we covered everything. I, I think it's just important for people to know, know if, you know, obviously get first aid training. And second, when you buy a first aid kit, you know, just make sure that the organization, in my opinion, is extremely important. And I think, you know, whatever you do in terms of preparedness, just uh, take care of the organization and, and, and you'll make things easier for yourself. Yeah. And we'll put links to uh, your website and your different social media in the show notes so people can go there and check out your kits and see the different sizes and uh, what's contained in all of them. So uh, all that will be linked in the show notes. We really appreciate you taking the time to, to sit down and talk with us. Thanks, Sean. Thanks, Kenny. I really appreciate the, the slot that you, that you got here for Survivor. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks everyone for tuning in. It was very interesting to hear the story of Yanku and Amanda. Coming to the US as a foreigner and a nomad is not as easy as it sounds. It's great to see the entrepreneurial spirit alive and well in fellow travelers. After we recorded this episode, I purchased one of the first aid kits. We carry it when we are hiking or biking. The soft shell makes it easy to carry. We have the link to the SurviveWare website in our show notes, so go check out what they have to offer. We will be back in two weeks, and until then, safe travels, everyone. This episode is brought to you by Battleborn Batteries, the best name in the RV and marine industry. These lithium batteries are designed and assembled in the USA, backed by a 10-year warranty. The best solution for your battery anxiety, so go check them out at battlebornbatteries.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%.